Hey, gorgeous. Welcome to Bombshell Radio. I'm your host, Jackie Dixon, best-selling author of The Bombshell Manifesto. And my mission is to help you live your manifesto as a biblical bombshell who is healthy, holy, and hot, fully on fire for God, even in the tough areas of body, beauty, and intimacy. I believe our calling is to be fiercely feminine, spreading the gospel as a powerful woman, living out her assignment in all ways. Each week, I'll be giving you motivation, inspiration, and top tips for bombshell living, as well as interviews with bombshells at the top of their game in health, marriage, motherhood, business, and beyond. So you can be inspired to live your own bombshell journey, exploding onto the scene in a way that sets you free and sets the world on fire. Ready, bombshell? If you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app. You can find Bombshell Radio in iTunes, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, YouTube, and Himalaya. And while you're there, be sure to leave me a review. I'd love to know your thoughts, and I'd love to know who you'd like me to interview next. Hi, Mindy. Welcome to Bombshell Radio. I'm so excited to have you here. You have an amazing story in so many ways. I feel like we could talk for just three hours off about your journey with your husband's cancer, your own past, your weight and fitness journey. Um, so much, so much to get into. But let me start by reading your intro to the listeners. So they kind of know where we're coming from. And then I've got all kinds of excellent questions for you. I really want to let you share everything you've been through with these listeners. So Mindy Lawhorn runs her own fitness business, which she runs with her husband and business partner, Lee, from their home in North Texas, super close to me right now. She earned her degree in kinesiology from Midwestern State University and has been teaching and training fitness classes for over 21 years, which is like longevity and loyalty there. With the heart for serving others, Mindy is passionate about helping people reach their physical and personal goals. Whether getting into shape or paying off debt, she coaches others how to struggle well to achieve success. Mindy has been in over 30 consumer and instructor videos, been a presenter for 11 years, and is now a Beachbody Master Trainer. She's been seen on QVC, in Turbo Jam, and Pio videos, and many other instructor videos for Turbo Kick and Pio. Growing up chubby, Mindy knows what it's like to struggle with weight and is no stranger to the trials life brings, having walked through divorce, single parenthood, getting buried in and climbing out of debt, remarrying, and living with Lee's cancer. God has shaped Mindy through her struggles, and she believes each trial was put in her life for his grand purpose and her joy through him. Today, Mindy and Lee run their business, teach fitness classes, present, and film fitness videos. They have two beautiful boys, two scruffy dogs, and love working with others through fitness for his glory. I love that. What a bombshell intro right there. Wow, who is she? I like I her. know, right? Let's meet this chick. She sounds awesome. <laughs> so good. So... Mindy, you're my upline coach. I was introduced to you almost inadvertently, but I consider it um, divine, you know, organization there and love knowing you. But really, there's just so much of your story that I'm not even familiar with. So let's kind of dive into it. You are top of the Beachbody company in so many ways, right? 15 star diamond, as high as it goes, super successful, multi-time elite, master trainer, all this kind of stuff. But take us back to the beginning of how you got into health and fitness. So your bio talks about, you know, you were chubby, you were struggling with your weight. I know there were insecurities. At some point you met Shalene Johnson and worked for her, but just take your time, lead us through this journey. How did you get into Beachbody? Yeah, let, oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I really don't need to like tie like, how did I get into fitness? Because I grew up in Wichita Falls, Texas. I mean, it's a great place to be from in my humble <laughs> opinion. 
but I grew up there and I was the last of five kids and my nickname was Cece, which stood for chubby cheeks. And I mean, like mm. who wants to ever date a girl named chubby cheeks, you know, <laughs> was just chubby. my mom, uh, was a single mom of four kids. Mm. She met an amazing man that loved her, adopted all of her kids. And then they had a fifth one, which was me. You know, the world became complete at that point, but they had, you know, a different dad than I did. We had the same mm. mom, but my dad was a big guy and he was kind of chubby and he was kind of like, um, just like super lovable and funny and smart. And I, I genetically was so different than all my sisters. And I begin there because that kind of is what got all this rolling. I didn't realize I was chubby until I got older and then my mom would say stuff and which she meant no harm at all by it. But I remember her saying things and I'm like, yes, I am chubby, you know, and I always knew I was bigger than them, but they were, they're little people in general. Like my mom is very small. Jackie, you're a tall girl. I get you. I am nowhere near a supermodel like you are, but I'm definitely taller, especially compared to these five foot, five foot two sisters. And I, I just grew up growing up thinking I was just huge and that I was so big. And, um, I was overweight and I just remember hate, I hated it because I never felt like anyone took me seriously. I never felt like, um, who God was wanting me to be. And so when you're overweight, you do really weird things to make people okay. Like, mm. like I wasn't athletic, you know, I wasn't that great. I didn't make great grades. I wasn't the superstar, you know, scholar. And so I just tried to make people laugh mm. and still to this day, that's my favorite thing to do. Definitely just want to be funny. I want to laugh, but you know, when you try to overcompensate and that's kind of where I guess that thing began began and in the back of my head there was just always something kind of telling me I wasn't like everyone else I wasn't good enough um I'm chubby because my dad was chubby I'll never be as beautiful as my sisters you know I'll never be as thin as my sisters and like it kind of messed with me for a while and I remember about 12 years old my grandmother had given me this thing called the Beatitudes. It is, of course, in the Bible, but it was like this little pamphlet or something. I'm sure y'all have seen them. They're called tracks. If you know anything at all about oh, yeah. church oh, and how people get this out. And let me just let you know, I've always felt that Jesus was real. I've always felt that God was real. Even mm-hmm. as a young child, he just felt real to me. But I had had kind of a fight with my mom a little bit about something. And honestly, it was something I was right about. <laughs> because my dad never let us disrespect my mom. I'm the one that got in trouble. And then my dad came on later and said, I know that you were right. It was, it was like finding a way to go somewhere. It was something as ridiculous as that. But if I just remember feeling so alone that my dad knew I was right, but yet he didn't take up for me, you know, but my dad did what I believe now was the right thing to do. I, I should never be disrespectful to my mom. So he said, I know you're right, but you can never be disrespectful. And I remember laying on my bed and I felt so alone. Mm-hmm. I felt like I'm right. And no one's here to back me up. My dad, who I know loves me, my mom's side and you know it was 12 ish 13 ish and i just said you know what jesus it's going to be you and me you know what i don't have anyone else i'm this chubby nerd my even my mom you know is getting mad at me for being right about something and i was like fine forget it it'll just be me jesus so i had this pamphlet my grandmother gave me so i read through the beatitudes and like officially accepted jesus in my heart when i was 12 and like ever since then i'm like it's you and me jimmy and i've always been super close to him but even then I always felt that that thought and that knowledge that I wasn't good enough was a lie. Mm. The truth was I'm just different than my sisters. The truth was I'm pretty sure I have a purpose. It just isn't going to be athletics or valedictorian. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to be this cheerleader that tumbles a bunch. I'm not going to be, you know, and and you go through that, you kind of make a decision. Either I am these horrible things I think I am or I'm not. 
And that began that journey, honestly, around 12 and 13. And so having that heart knowledge, that, that deep value that I am good enough, I just have to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Then that kind of fast forwarded me to juniorish in high school, which I was getting taller, but I was also still quite overweight and I just hated it. And I said, you know what? Maybe I should quit eating ice cream and peanut butter at night. I mean, hello, hello, <laughs> and maybe start working out. So I begged my mom. I started walking and I had a Walkman, by the way, I, I, like no joke, legit. And it was yellow. So it was really cool ones. I loved them. And I had this tape, this cassette tape I would listen to. And when I went through one side and flipped the other side and went through that, it was real around three miles. Mm. And so like, I knew that and I would just try to go faster and faster. And I asked my mom if I could go to Weight Watchers in my junior year in high school. And she said, oh my gosh, absolutely not. I'm like, why? What could be healthier than me trying to figure out my nutrition? Cause I was tired of being chubby. Mm-hmm. And she thought that I would take it to an extreme. That was her mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And that, that if I started paying attention to my nutrition, I might, you know, go to one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. And after a long talk, she said, you can go, but you have to pay the $9 a week. And I said, you know what, mom, I'm working. I will pay the $9 a week. <laughs> So she ended up letting me go. And it was one of the best things I've ever wow. done. It was a little different back then, but it got me on that road, started working out. I started eating right. I lost about 30 something pounds. Wow. And that's honestly what began. And I started thinking, okay, God, if I can just keep being healthy in all the areas of my life, then I think I'm going to figure out like what my purpose is and what I'm supposed to do. And it's not just one thing, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you want, you're seeking worth mm-hmm. and you're seeking value and trying to figure out, okay, what makes sense with my personality, my traits, the things I'm great at. Um, and that really was the beginning. I love that. That's awesome. And I feel like it's so interesting. So often people's journeys begin with body care, you know, just a journey that expands into their purpose, the greater sense of self, like just taking responsibility for other areas of their life. It's like, I can get up and I can go for a walk or I can, you know, decide I'm going to pick something healthier. And it's that sense of like, I have the power that suddenly then translates into so much of the rest of their world. I love that. So then take me from there. How did this turn into a career for you? Okay, cool. So this will be much easier to tell, but I, I started going to the gym. You know, I awesome. had a car, I was a junior and senior in high school. I started loving it. I loved cardio and I loved classes. And of course now I can just tell you, I pretty much just love classes. <laughs> cardio, I've had enough of you in my life. I <laughs> it has to be fun. And then a lady who I adore, she's my first mentor. Her name is Renee Christie from Wichita Falls. And she, I used to go to her classes. She said, when are you going to start teaching for me? Mm. That was one of the first people ever in my life that without telling me I was good, told me I was worthy enough to teach for her. And I'm like, are you kidding? I was like, for real? She was, oh yeah, you'd be great. If you want me to teach you the basics, I will. And I'm like, when do I meet you? And I started training with her. I got my first certification in college to teach. Mm -hmm. And I just taught basic stuff. I taught like step. I taught like a cardio floor, no joke, like high, low. (laughs) And um, it kind of went from there. Moving forward, I graduated high school, I mean college. And the reason I did kinesiology, mind you, is because it was the only thing I was interested in. Mm -hmm. I started business. I went to accounting. Why I ever went to accounting? accounting. (laughs) What was I thinking? (laughs) But I had my dad in my ear saying, you could always have, you know, a Mm. a job, a business, a business. And I remember going, dad, I'm pretty sure God's told me something different. And of course he was like, oh, you just want the easy way out. And I'm like, no, I really don't because I don't think I, that 
I don't think I'm destined, you know, for that. So I switched to kinesiology, which my dad, I remember this very well. I wish he was still alive because he would be so proud, but he told me, Mindy, there's, there will never be money in fitness. (laughs) We're about to prove that wrong later in this interview, but we'll get there. (laughs) And and as wonderful as he was, you know, his time was you want to secure a job, you want insurance, Mm -hmm. you want to be able to provide and you want to have something you can always fall back on, which I do. But I remember that conversation. I remember he said it and I smiled and he was like, why are you smiling? And I said, dad, I don't know that that's true, you know, and it was no big deal, but I remember it so clearly. But (laughs) fast forward after college, I started teaching, you know, other classes. I taught at multiple gyms. 24 Fitness is still my favorite gym to this day, but I taught at the Wides. I taught at some uh, corporate venues and um, Mickey Starry, who is not one of my very best friends. I cheered with her in high school, actually, but she's now the head of all 24-hour fitnesses for group exercise. So she has about, I don't know, 16,000 people. I think she's over. They have 400 plus clubs. And I was teaching a kickboxing class, like my own style, like went in there and made it up every day. Like, <laughs> I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even take in my class. It was that horrible. But she basically said, we are moving all kickboxing classes to a format called turbo kick it's mm. from a lady in california it's super fun it's formatted so you know exactly what you'll do with every song and i, I remember like rolling my eyes going oh my god that's going to be horrible and she basically said you can either go do this certification or you can give someone else your class Whew, yeah Ooh, i guess i gotta go so <laughs> i tried to take a few and i just didn't like it and then i found myself at the certification just whatever i'm here and a lady by the name of honorita sloss was my instructor. Honorita had lost 70, 80 pounds. Oh. She is Samoan. She's one of the most statuesque, beautiful, ripped, but like this big mane of hair. And she mm-hmm. could kick your butt, but gorgeous at the same time. And I'm like, I'm in love. And I took my first real turbo class and I was smoked. It was yeah. fun. It was athletic. It was dancey. You could be silly, but yet the music told you what to do and in a good way, mm-hmm. not like, oh, I don't want to do that. And you added on these layers and I really got through that certification. I'm like, this is all of my positive characteristics put together. That's you awesome. can be loud, you can be energetic. You dance. I've always loved to dance. I've always loved music. I was in band. I know how to play the piano, trumpet, French horn bells. I yeah. love that kind of stuff. And it just made sense soon. I started teaching the format. Those classes went from six, seven people to 70. Mm-hmm. And my boss, Mickey said, you should be a presenter for mm-hmm. Turbo King. And I'm like, that's a thing. Just like, she's like, yeah, just like the lady that trained you. And so I made a video. I went to California and auditioned to be a Turbo Kick instructor. And that's where I met Shalene Johnson. And I'm going to pause there for just a second because that was about, and really it was, I think I've been a presenter or was a presenter for about 15 years total, but that began this whole other avenue to reach people, Mm. to see people for eight hours straight. And they had to, I had to train them. They had to perform at the end of the day. I talked to them all day long. We went over how to format class, Mm. the proper punch for this particular format, how to utilize this music, how to listen and let the music tell you what to do. So you didn't have to count. And it was this eight hours of bliss where you were just, you had sweat, you had sweat on top of sweat. (laughs) You were stinky, nasty. You sold clothes. You wore all these outfits and it was one of the most ridiculously fun things I've ever done to this day. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. That's when you know you're in your sweet spot, right? It's like, I, I don't even need to get paid to do this. You know what I mean? Like, this is my hobby. This is awesome. 
I know. And it was kind of weird to me when I found out we got paid because I kind of knew we did <laughs> what we sold. But I was like, oh my gosh, did they even know that I would be doing this for free? Yeah. So I did that for years. Like I, I, I had just been in, uh, well, I had, um, well, let me back up. So I just got certified, uh, trained, all that stuff, went to be a presenter. I got accepted to be a presenter. And that very training to where we got auditioned to be a presenter she was like, you've lost weight. And I'm like, yeah, I've lost about 60 pounds with my first son through this format. And she goes, so we're doing this infomercial thing. <laughs> Would you maybe want to share your story? And will you go audition to be in the infomercial videos? And I was like, what the heck? Heck yeah. Like, totally. Like, I don't know what would make me more excited because it was so much fun. So I got to be in all the Turbo Jam videos. I was also in that infomercial. So I think we made a total of 13 different wow. Turbo had to be an olive oil so much fun. Oh my but God. it was a relationship with not only Beachbody at the time, yeah. which work, which they're the ones that did Turbo Jam, but right. I became very close to Shalene Johnson. I love her. She's my type of person. She's hysterical. She's like my sister, but and then uh, kind of my mom at the same time. <laughs> and she's all of the things that I thought kind of were wrong about me. She mm. very clear, very you know, clearly clarified. Oh, those are the things that are right, Mindy. Don't awesome. go changing. And I'm like, ah, oh, finally. So <laughs> that's was my introduction to Beachbody. So I'm going to pause there. But that was my introduction. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, really, this is like, this is a passion that was natural to you. And I mean, I think we'll get into this later, but so many women, fitness does not come naturally to them. But I think what I'm hearing in your story is almost fitness didn't really come naturally to you. It came out of first a decision to take good care of yourself, a sense of self-worth, and then it became like just joy, you know? And what I hear you describing is a focus on the joy rather than like... Well, and, and here's the division is that I'm not naturally super athletic. Like I can make my body do stuff if I can plan it and practice, but it wasn't the fitness aspect that got me. It was all the other stuff because mm -hmm. it made me feel good. It was so much fun. I got to just be crazy and talk to these people and they loved it. They expected it and they appreciated it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I mean, I can be loud because my whole life, by the way, I've been told to be quiet. <laughs> Church, in class. Yeah. All, hmm. And um, it was finally a place that all that came together. But what I figured out is that, you know, fitness isn't about what you used to could do. It's just about what you're willing to work on now. Mm, and I was like, shoot, if this is about will, like just determination, I will crush this. Now, if it's about natural, you know, you know, things, I don't know that I have that naturally, but fitness is about doing it again and again and again and having yeah. the will, the determination and the self-discipline to get in there and do it. Mm. I have that totally. And that was just something over time I worked on. Now, what's super important right now, I think in this time frame, is that there was no beach body coaching at this time. Yeah. There was no opportunity for a business. There was nothing. They just had P90X, mm -hmm. Lemon Six. Mm -hmm. They had a Kathy Smith program. And then no they way. had, they did. And she's awesome, by the way. But they, yeah. had, a, they had a few like uh, protein and they had this thing called Slimming Formula, which are these pills. And they had very few things. And Turbo Jam came in and literally put a huge spotlight on that company. Hmm. In addition to that, they revamped the initial P90X infomercial. It took it away from this like million dollar, you know, fancy glittery thing and just sent cameras to these yeah. people that had lost weight. And so the, that P90X infomercial was people just telling their story on camera and videoing themselves in their living room and in their garages working out. And it went nuts because it was so, so real. Yeah. And that was right on the cusp 
of this happening. So I had no plans on doing anything like this, but that was the history and why I felt a connection when the opportunity did arise. Mm, that's awesome. And I think did Shalene kind of share with you guys like, dude, this yeah. is so freaking brilliant. You're out of your mind. If you don't do this, her exact words were, you would be so dumb not to do this. You do it every day, but here's how that came yeah. about. So she is a, is a trainer with them. So she can't be a coach. You know, mm -hmm. she doesn't get anything for helping us, but there were about 50 to 60 presenters. Okay. We were already working for her. Just like I said, I would go to a gym. People would sign up for my, for my training. I would train them how to teach all day long. Well, we had, you know, 50 to 60 of those all across the United States and Canada. Mm, wow. We were all, people kept asking us to be their coach. And we're like, what the heck even is it? You know, and all the people, by the way, that were asking us at that time were the same ones that made fun of us because we wore glittery belts, you know, and make stuff <laughs> to work out. And, you know, that was just kind of the, the fun of the culture of it all. And so she's like, you know what? Enough of y'all are asking me. I'm going to ask one of my friends who used to have a business like this to go check it out. He mm -hmm. did. And about five, six months later, he says, it's legit. It's legit. Mm -hmm. It would be real money. And it is essentially about these people helping other people do what they've yeah. done, lose weight, work out consistently, have someone for accountability that they don't have to go to a gym or that they don't have to meet a trainer. It's all mm. part of it. And that's how it began. Mm. Yeah, really almost taking that infomercial with P90X that blew up so much and just spreading it out. You know what I mean? Taking the real life stories and just saying, okay, now go out and just do your own version of that. Be your own real life story, make someone else you know, have their own transformation. I love that. That's so cool. So had you already had any network marketing experiences, anything like that? Did you know anything about it? I mean, obviously it's kind of like there's the second wave, right? Of all these women joining these companies, um, which comes with all the haters, which comes with all the like misuse and misunderstanding of what it actually is and how it works. All the, the terms that don't even apply to it and pyramid schemes and that kind of thing. Um, but a lot of these women will get in there and they just kind of like fade after a year or two, you know, or they jump companies. And obviously you'd already had a trajectory in fitness, so it made sense for you to be consistent with it. But why did you decide to stick around? What was your experience getting into the business side of this? Totally. Well, first things, I, first things, I mean, I was a coach for a year before I even knew what an MLM was. <laughs> that just sounds gross. MLM. Ugh. And when I think of MLM, I used to wake tables in college. And I remember there was a couple that did Amway. And by the way, Amway set the stage, you guys. Yeah. A lot of this stuff. But they would come in and whoever waited on would be like, oh, God, <laughs> you want to take it? I'll give them to you. And they're like, no, because they would pitch every waiter. They would, and, wow. it, and, and I remember one time I finally asked, well, what, what is it? And they're like, well, you're going to change all your shampoos and your detergent and all stuff. And I'm like, oh, hell no, I'm not changing my shampoo. I love it. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was in such a way that it made it feel icky. And yeah. once I realized I was at MLM, I'm like, but this is not like that at all. This is not an MLM. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, it is technically. And all those things you mentioned, like pyramid scheme. I mean, that's illegal. Yeah. You don't get an A plus with the better business bureau doing something illegal. It's not like that. And the bummer is all preconceived notions. Yeah. Heightened when you start talking about it. I know. But I had already been in it for a year. And I remember very, uh, very clearly the day that I made enough money to pay for the house payment. And I didn't make it yeah. in a month. I made it one week. Yeah. And I, my husband was, you know, he, he's always supportive, at least the best. I can do anything I want, honestly. But I always ask him, what do you think about this? He's like, oh, have fun. Actually, his question when we, when we signed up, he said, how much? Which is what every husband asked. <laughs> I said, well, it's, at that point, 
you sign up differently, but I said, it's about $80. And he was like, Mindy, you spend $80 at Target on nothing. And that's what it's going to cost to get started and like the rest of the year. And I'm like, well, probably double, triple that. And he was like, really? Let's save money on protein. Fine, do it. And the day that I made the house payment, he was leaving and I checked the money. I was like, and I said, hey, babe, make the house payment today. He's like, oh, that's good with your money all month, honey, like patting me. And I was like, in my money for this week. And he was like, what? Show me. (laughs) And it took that kind of for him to really get engaged. Always was supportive. He Mm -hmm. is the best man and would never, ever down Mm -hmm. me or down anything that I'm doing because he knows that's not smart for his life or his, his, the thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I mean, really that was about I don't know, two years in the first year, didn't do that much. But the second year I was like, I'm doing this. And, um, that's kind of what got going in the sense of how the money happened. But all I was doing was sharing what worked for me, how I lost my 60 pounds with turbo. Cause you know, we had this turbo jam thing now and I loved some of those supplements. And all I did was share with people why I like it, how I lost my weight. And they might as well be a coach because it saves them money. Mm-hmm. It's okay. if They don't want to do anything with it. I'll help them you know, with the potential and the opportunity of it. Cause you need to know that, but what's it hurt? My, you know, at that time I had 70 year old mom was a coach. You know what I mean? So I'm like, why not? And that's, that's kind of where it began, but you asked another question. And I'm so sorry if I went, no, no worries. That's what a good conversation is all about. Um, you know, I think the husband stories, right? Like I could do an entire podcast on network oh marketing gosh, husband yes. stories. Really, that would be fascinating. But um, thank God for Lee. He sounds so supportive. I know there's a wide variety out there. But the bottom line is most of these companies are predominantly female, at least the ones that seem to be rising now. Deterra, you know, Young it's Living. relationship business. It's all cool. about relationships. Girls talk and like give everything to everyone. You know what I mean? I mean, think about what you even said earlier. We're, t- we're talking about, you know, good sex. I mean, like yeah. you having great sex with your husband sorry but you shouldn't yeah. like guys will never talk about that but girls <laughs> guys pretend it's happening even when it's not and then girls talk about what's really happening um so what i think there's an element too though of like just the the flexibility and the power that this gives women you know i mean of course we're in a way more equal society than we used to be but there's still this element of like i want to be home with my kids i want to be able to travel i want to be able to like go get a pedicure and manicure and i don't have a job you know go get a pedicure and you feel guilty yeah, and oh, it's got to ask permission. I mean, the number of women who I listen to have to ask their husband permission for like minuscule, minuscule things, like they're 13, is so sad. Um, but it's, it's kind of, it, yeah, <laughs> rant. Um, but it's this kind of, it feels like a balance to them or a choice of either do I have a job and a life and an identity or am I a mom and I'm financially dependent on my husband? And I think that's what these women are seeing with this is like, what if I do neither, really, but both, both and, um, which is incredible. So, I know you probably, well, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I want to just talk about that for a second. Yeah. That's a really cool byproduct of what we do is that it can be done and balanced in the life, you know, that you have. Um, I, Garrett was one, was a couple months old, three months old when we signed oh. to be a coach. When he was a year is when I started to work it. Nothing mm-hmm. ever was taken from him. I would yeah. go team. We would go home, eat. He would take a nap. I would immediately get on the computer. I would work when he would wake up. We would again play. We'd go get my son, you know, from school. Yep. We eat. They go to bed, I would work it again. Some mornings I would wake up early. Um, the balance comes from discipline. Let yep. me be completely clear. There is no this or that. It can't be both. Oh, yes, it can. Amen. 
diligent enough to discipline. Yes, you can. And nothing is taken away from the husband. Yep. You just have to be diligent enough to stay up late or get up early or really divide that time wisely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you know, so I've been running my business for almost five years now. Um, my kind of other online business, if you will, before I knew I had been looking into network marketing companies for years, but nothing was quite right. I didn't really connect with any of them. And, um, I remember when my friend Eileen was the one who shared this with me and I was like, first, Oh no, there goes another friend. And, um, and then I looked into it more and really started thinking, you know, with any online business, I'm always having to get sales again. You know, the difference is that there are no, there's no building on those sales. Like every new month you're at zero again and you've got to start again. There's nothing building. So, um, I remember when I first started looking into this and, and realizing like, Oh, there's like real money here, like legit money. And combining that with what we were just talking about, I was listening to a podcast the other day with a woman who has, as a young girl, you know, 16 years old, had hung out with kind of 40 year old women who were talking about the fact that they had children basically and let go of their dreams and were kind of opining about losing their dreams. And she decided in that moment, I'm never going to have children. I'm going to go after my dreams. And she just hit a million dollars in her non-network marketing business which is awesome, but she was just still fierce about the fact that I decided I'm not going to have kids. They're not going to stop me from my potential as a woman. And I just thought, how sad is that? Um, not that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you choose, but to decide to kill off a part of you that you might've desired in order to have something else that you thought it could not be combined with. So then getting into the network marketing world, I mean, even looking into the kind of wealth building investor type um, advisors out there, they will talk about the the serious incomes that they help people manage. And sometimes it's real estate investment, but one of the big ones is network marketing. And so it's just extraordinary how much wealth can be built through these companies. I know you've had an incredible journey there. I know you've got friends who've had an incredible journey there and it's amazing, but what amazes me most is what we're able to do because of it. So yes. talk to me a little bit about, I mean, how this has worked with you guys through medical bills and just the, the financial side of this as the blessing and that it is. This is the part that, that makes me so excited because I do love what we do. And let me be clear, all we do, the reason this one made, the reason this business made sense to me is because it's fitness. Exactly. It's fitness. It already made sense for you. Everybody needs it. Everybody yeah. needs it. Yeah. And there's so many different levels. There's so many different things we can do to achieve better fitness and better wellness. Um, so that's why it makes sense to me. You know, it's not yeah. just another product you do or, or something you got to put in your hair, or your face. Yeah. It's about, it's, and it's very the basics biblical. of health. Yeah. I, what, does, what does the Bible say about how we're supposed to be a steward of our own, you know, body. Right. We're a steward of everything under our control. So to me, it made sense. It made sense with the Jesus side. It made sense with everything. And so working, you know, now 10 years into it, but about five years in, I was begging Lee to quit his job. Mm-hmm. Reason. I couldn't manage it myself. He's really good with numbers. He's very detail oriented. We're, compul- we're polarized. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me and my husband too. <laughs> but I needed help. And he was like, I will never quit. I'm like, please. And, mm-hmm. and, and so he backed off to 20 hours a week. And, and why this is important isn't like a bringing my husband home type of story. Lee has cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's always a factor in our life. Mm-hmm. Always. And um, when you think about someone that you're living with and you love that has cancer, there's one thing that always came to my mind and you may think this too, but what do I want the most? Sure. I want him to be healed, but I want time. Yeah. And I just kept thinking, God, could you, could you blow this up so that we could have more time? Could mm-hmm. you blow this up so he could be there for the kids more? He wants to coach, you know, more basketball, football, baseball. He wants to go to school and work with kids. He wants to do all of that. And so you know, fast forward about six years, we, he retired and he's, and he's older than I am, but, um, he retired and 
he has not gone back to work since, and I don't think that he probably ever will. And it has allowed us to get him the treatment he needs, first of all, and in the timing what he needs where we're not working around, oh my gosh, can he please get off a week to go try to save his life? You know what I mean? Um, we don't have to ask permission. Uh, we've been able to pay off all of our debt through this business. And we had debt because I was a single mom before, not a lot, but a little bit. He had some debt and then we had cancer debt, yeah. which you just kind of can't have it without getting it in some yeah. fashion. So we became debt free around that time. We saved you know a couple hundred thousand dollars for our house as a down payment which I never would have thought would ever be possible. And that's really fun, by the way, to see that number in the bank that's yeah. liquid. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> money. That was fun because I'm thinking, what could I do with this money? <laughs> we built our kind of dream house. You know what yeah. I mean? We built, we made, we found a place that our boys could go to the school that they wanted. Um, and, and more importantly, the part I love the most is the people we've been able to help. Just like we can give now without any problems. I went today and bought my friend a Bible. That may not sound like a lot, but there was a time when I would not have been able to spare that 75. And I bought a really amazing one. So I, I wouldn't have been able, I mean, I bought her a Bible plus some highlighters that don't bleed through plus a journal plus a car. Like I didn't even bat an eye at that. And I don't, I'm not saying that to boast at all, but it has allowed us to be able to give. It's allowed us when someone asks for help, you know, we help. It's allowed us to give our boys this education that we wanted. It's allowed us to save for college. It's allowed us to think of things differently instead of thinking, well, we can't because. We think, well, if we could, what would we do? Like, what would, like, I think all the time, what would I do if I could? Mm. And it changes your spirit. It changes your heart. It takes you from that scarcity mentality, which I listened to Shalene's podcast about this, yeah. Um, to an abundance mentality, which is simply instead of I can't because we're poor, I can't because we, we would never do that. We're not like that. It's like, well, we could, how would that work for us? And just that positivity, it takes away so much negativity. It takes away so much stress. Yeah. And Lee is fighting right now. He's fighting hard for his life, but we also know that God has a plan. And we also know that this all can work for God's glory. And the women that I've gotten to reach and talk to and just share with them that like, don't believe the lies sisters. Yeah. Don't believe the lies that we believe. That's what this business has allowed us to do. We also have our own little ministry. It's called hope in struggle, which is just like ways that we've struggled, things that we've gotten through, through God's word and mm -hmm. just over lining. He's always showed us with every single, what seems to be a struggle or something really bad. And, and, and we would have never been able to do that. I get to go, yeah to fly and see my girlfriends every year we go for a snowboard trip um i get to go to many conferences and i only go to the fun ones by the way right <laughs> i get to do all of that because we have that option and that's just in a nutshell what it's allowed us to do yeah i love it i think you know that mindset shift is such a big deal i mean the reality is we're in the united states of america you know what i mean so much is possible in right. this country period but that that fearful thought process. I mean, it really almost puts your system in a fight or flight mode where you cannot think logically, you know, there's, you can't access your ability to come up with creative ideas because it's like your body and your mind have just gone on lockdown and you can live in that lockdown if you choose to. And the only way to even experience if it's possible for you to step out of it is to just question, what if this isn't true? You know, what if I decided that there could be a way and I just have to think of it and make it, you know? Um, getting women into that shift is in every area of their life is, is just such a joy to watch. Totally agree. So I love that you were getting into hope and struggle because that's what I wanted to ask about next. One of the philosophies you have that I just adore is that 
these network marketing businesses, and I know that you know a lot of women, they're the women who turn their nose up, they're the women who jump in both feet, but they often will get this tunnel vision of like, this is now everything I am and everything I do and my identity and this is what I offer, et cetera. And you see it as more of, you know, what can be a way of facilitating other things that you're called to, even funding other things that you're called to. So, you know, I watch in all these online um, business conferences that I go to so many startups, so many hopefuls, so many failures, so many, so many give ups, you know, and so many kind of give up and go homes because if you can't bring in money from it, you can't really sustain it unless you just want to call it a hobby. But when you've got something else going on that can bring in the funding that it takes to put your message out there and pay for the assistance and pay for the social media software and all this kind of stuff, pay for the mics for the podcast, right? Um, then, then you're on to something and then you don't have to have that pressure on what you're creating that God has called you to because you've got something else that's paying the bills for it. So that is just a revelation, I think, for so many people. So would you talk a little bit more about that and how you've done that? I love that you want to talk about that because it's a mindset shift. Yes. It took me a while. Don't get me wrong. Yep. You know, I grew up the last of five kids. We had a great childhood, but we didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I remember my mom bouncing checks left and right mm. back in the day when we wrote checks. And I remember many times my parents saying we can't because we don't have enough money. We can't, we yeah. can't. And I'm like, Ugh. my mom, now my mom was very good at working money. Like we might not have enough for groceries, but if you like wanted to be cheerleader, she will find a way to get that, you know, <laughs> uniform money or she if you wanted to, you know, do go to dance. She would find a way to get you dance money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounded weird, but you That's know what cool. I mean. No, I do know exactly what you mean. The other like funding the dreams was important. Oh, totally. And that was one yeah, really big thing about her. She, and by the way, she had no trouble with nonsense. She loved to be funny and nonsense or loves to be funny and nonsense. And so do I, but, <laughs> but about that, what's interesting is when people get tunnel vision and they think I got to make money, I got to make money. Most everyone do most everyone does very poorly. Yeah. And it, it's not that you don't want to think oh, I could really use this money, but the big picture I thought of first is I want to help these ladies. Oh, mm-hmm. hi honey. Hi. Hi, <laughs> As you know, I'm hiding in my closet right now. Nice to see you. Um, so, so, um, when it's just about the money, then it's not about any person. Yep. And what I found out is that people that make it about people and sharing what worked for you and what you liked about it, because I don't think money will ever keep you going. It doesn't Mm, because it feels so empty. Mm-hmm. it's got to be about something bigger. So I just, first of all, it's about the person. Cause I knew what it felt like to have lost that weight. Mm. I knew what it felt like to kind of find like my niche. You know, I knew what it felt yep. like to feel like I was worthy and all those things I felt when I was younger. I don't feel anymore. Mm. I mean, I don't feel anymore. I mean, that's thank you, Jesus. I mean, that's such yeah, a, that's I came through a ton of hard work, a ton of turning my cheek, you know, turning <laughs> my cheek would say mean things or whatever. It's not about what they think. It's about what I think. And it's yeah. about, what God's told me in my heart I'm supposed to do. So mm-hmm. when it began that this is so much fun, you know, oh my gosh, I could teach other people to lose weight. It's really cool. And I'm like, Oh, we made $500. You yeah. know, that was like, Whoa. And it's hard in, in this business, I think to really make your actions make money mm-hmm. because sometimes you don't even know you do this work. Some people say yes. Some people, a lot of people say no, yep. it's not that easy to go off. Well, I mean, I guess you could sell these 10 things and do that, but, just like you said earlier, that's not residual income. Yeah. That's not building a business that's going to have your back later on. That's just a sale. That's, that's yeah. a, never like that. Sure. And lots of people say no to those things too. This <laughs> is the reality. I mean, you're going to get, if you're in business of any kind, if you're not just like only on a stable salary, you will get no's. Oh, of course. Well, and yeah. I mean, money needs to be changed hands at some point. That's yeah. right. But if that's your focus. You will feel not only so empty, but more than likely you will crash and crash hard. Mm. 
So I made it about people and I made it about what that felt like because mm -hmm. girls are very kind of emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. If they're pumped up about something, then they're more likely to do it. If they're inspired, if they're driven. And so I just kept telling my story and I would share other people's story. And um, a lot of the friends that I had, we all kind of started together. And so it was kind of iron sharpening iron with, with not only what we were learning, we would share that, but we were lifting each other up. We were having each other in our photos and yeah, we both have the same business, but she doesn't take anything from me. Yeah. I don't take anything from her because the people that join you are the people that feel connected to you in some, you know, yeah. form. And we're being so, di we're so different. So people will be connected to like Christine, people connected to Janelle or Jen and, and I adore them, but we're like a tribe because there's no drama. We'd get in there and do it, but we kind of shared all the good things that happen with this. And I, I mean, I hardly ever talk about money and I do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, it puts a lot of people off. Yep. A lot of people just don't believe it, mm -hmm. but the amount of money we have made is just, I think fabulous. But when people see that they're like, oh, that could never work, you know, and they start yep. that cynical side of them comes out, but I would rather share the things that people maybe can believe. And that's more um, easy to understand quickly because making thousands and hundreds of thousands of millions, that's like, Ugh, you know, it's such a right. big deal. We were like, whatever. Well, no, but you could lose five pounds first. Yeah. You could join your first challenge group and bring someone in. And then I'm going to, you bring someone, I'm going to give you a prize for bringing someone, you know, that's the mm -hmm. beginning. And then maybe you sell something at some point and then, Oh, it's 20 bucks. I got a check for, you know, it begins a little bit like that, but it, it has to be all that. And I think that's a lot of the misconception people have. It's about relationships. It's about people. And it's really about sharing with them the things that you can't put a dollar value on. Yeah. Yeah. Caring, really. <laughs> How about that? What a concept. Totally. So a couple more questions about this, and then I have some rapid fire questions to, to wrap us up. What would you tell a woman or really anyone, but we're kind of talking to the girls here, who is skeptical or snobbish even about network marketing opportunities? Like what well, would be your... Yeah, they need to educate themselves. <laughs> Amen. One of the things I, I've heard that I love is, um, I'm, I'm not going to do it justice now, but you know, the whole concept of a pyramid scheme and just looking at the military or the U.S. government or any business with a CEO. I mean, every organization is kind of pyramidal in structure, if anything, because of the opportunity to completely outperform, out-earn people who were hired before you, et cetera. This is an anti-pyramid scheme in a sense. But anyway. No, it is. And I love how you said that, but it's true. But when people say that, I'm like, oh, they don't know. Yeah. It's kind of one of those things where you almost just have to not argue because. Well, no, I don't want to argue. But I'll just say, well, what is that? Explain it to me. And they can never explain what it is. Yeah. It's, it's almost like they heard their uncle say it once and now they've been saying it because they think it's a way that, to get someone up to stop talking to them, but it doesn't work with me. That's a great, that's a great response. I love that. So tell me, just define that for me. And then they're like, I'm not sure. Very good. And then what would you tell a woman who is interested in doing something like this, even if it's starting her own ministry, her own podcast, just putting herself out there in a new aspect of her identity, something she feels called to, but she's petrified. Most likely people in her life are like, you're going to do what? And, you know, they don't even understand it. They think she probably can't do it. She just feels overwhelmed and um, fearful. What would you say to her? I think that she needs to find a couple of people that have already done what it is she wants to do mm -hmm. and try to reach out to them and connect to them. I, I think she might be pleasantly surprised mm. um, that people are so willing to share. And by the way, here's what you don't do. You don't message someone and say, Hey, can I pick your pick brain? Your brain. <laughs> I hate that phrase. <laughs> like, let me do that to you and see what it feels like. It just feels yucky. It feels like I don't care about you, but you need to tell me everything you know for free. Yeah. Um, but just reach out to a couple of people. Okay. And reach out to the people 
that you really like Mm. that you get that they don't feel icky or they don't show their bodies in like skimpy clothes 24 7 and by the way don't get me wrong i love clothes but that all the time is like oh what's the point our bodies are all going to start drooping someday you know (laughs) you know people that you love what they say what they're about you love how they love their husband or their family they're funny whatever find people that have gone before you Mm -hmm. really really like Mm -hmm. not just successful ones are the ones that seem the most successful, which by the way, you can be really successful in social media ladies and there's no way to prove you or disprove you. Mm-hmm. So take a deep breath in that, but reach out to them because I mean, a perfect example is, is Shaleen. Yeah. She's so successful five years ahead of everyone else. And she wants nothing more than me to ask her questions, how to do stuff. Like to the point where I like, she's pushy. She's <laughs> um, but like she adores it. So most people love sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you need to start there. And I think you need to take away any misconception or preconceived notion that you may have on how this works or how it was done and just say, I love this. I want to do this. I love how you do it. What, what could take me to the next level? Do you have any thoughts? Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. But before you send, read it and think if you were in that person's position, how would you receive that message? Mm-hmm. Cause you want to be received like, Oh, I'd love to talk to this girl or this lady. Not like, ugh. So think about them as yeah. you're writing that message out before you send, and you're going to get a much better response. That's good. I love it. And I think most of those women will probably tell the woman asking that this takes, you know, a grit to it. There's a guts here. There's like a blood, sweat, and tears. But the journey of just becoming a more powerful version of yourself, even just your courage and your security and confidence, all these kinds of things, is so worth it, regardless of what the outcome is. I mean, that's what I, w- I would invest again and again and again in everything I've done just for who I've become. I mean, we are such different people. Um, it's so interesting. Lena, I were talking about this the other day. I'm like, can you imagine if we'd never done this? And not about money, not mm-hmm. about his cancer, but like, he's like, you are like almost night and day, you know, mm-hmm. as far as like this, is, he didn't mean this rude way, but like maturity level, mm-hmm. how you, you just don't really get upset about stuff anymore and how you don't jump to conclusions or blah, you know, and it just, mm-hmm. it gives you it grows you from the inside out. It's made my relationship with Christ stronger. It's my relationship with Lee stronger. It gives me something to fight for, but I also know what I will do. And I also know what I won't do. And that came from all of those uh, ups and downs, all those trials, putting myself out there when I didn't want to dealing with all those people that have said mean and hateful things. And it's, that's not my problem. That's their problem. Yep. My responsibility is continue to move forward. And with personal development, Oh my gosh, it's, grows you. And by the way, one real tidbit, you can tell Jackie who's been in this business, who does personal development, who doesn't. Yeah. In life. I mean, oh, in business for sure. But oh my gosh, the people I meet in life and they're like, why don't you listen to podcasts? Like, and and I'm like, we're the same age. Yeah. <laughs> How could you not? You're just like, well, anyway, I won't go any farther into that. Okay. So this has been awesome. I want to wrap up with a couple rapid fire questions. I love to ask people. Number one, what is bringing you the most joy right now? Is, is seeing other women thrive. I love it. Love I love it. love when the light comes on. I'm like, yeah. And then it makes me want to work with them that much more. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm with you right there. The testimonials and the like, we had this moment and it's because you led me here. That's so cool. Something that you do most mornings, I think I might know what this might be, but I want to hear it, that gives you life. It's reading the word and praying. Yeah. Like super quiet, calming myself finding a hole that I can go to like literally. And, and by the way, there's hardly any place in my house that someone can't, <laughs> but it has to be that. And, and I got to do it first. Yeah. It sets my mind. Right. 
for the whole day. Totally. Amen. Okay. Favorite recent book? Hmm. That's a great question. It can be audiobook, can be training, whatever kind of personal development you consumed. Hmm. I'm sorry. This is taking me a second. You're good. Because I don't know if you know who um, Francine Rivers is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I do not read fiction. Do not. Yeah. Uh, someone gave me uh, her one of her books and I died. I was so amazing. And I huh. just started her new one. So I guess I haven't really finished it. Um, I read, reread the compound effect. I do that every year. That is really one of the first personal development books I've ever read that let me know it's not about talent. Mm. It's about will, you know, as far as business goes. And I'm like, shoot, I got this because it's, I think people rely on talent or they keep telling me what they were in high school. And I'm like, yeah, but what does that matter now? (laughs) That's so good. I'm like, well, I'm happy for you, but what does it matter now? <laughs> I think, what does it matter? Totally. Uh, talent versus will. I mean, that's life, right? You don't have a good marriage because you just went in more emotionally mature because you decide every single day to get up and do the right things to have a good marriage, you know, or a relationship with God or a healthy body. Because that's what we're supposed to do, people. Yeah, Absolutely. It's just is do the actions rather than going on your sense of importance. Um, three things you're most grateful for. Well, Christ's love, of course. Um, probably, probably Lee just, I mean, he's just exactly what uh, I needed even before I needed it. Mm. And especially with him being sick, it's so much easier to say that because you don't get mad about the stuff that's left on the counter yeah, or the socks and underwear that are in the floor that you would normally be like, pick up your stuff. I'm like, what does it matter? Yeah. He's here. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, my family, my kids kind of go in there with Lee, but I mean, the third thing I'm most thankful for is really Mickey Starry and Shilling Johnson and uh, Renee Christie, because th- those are only three people, but those three people I had such a high respect for that when they said you would be great at this, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to believe them. And, and, and that just, I believe it was all part of God's plan, but it just led that spark to didn't start to be a little flame. Mm-hmm. And then it went from there and I'm like, shoot. I keep saying, shoot, I'm sorry. I went, dang. No, no, you're good. <laughs> but I, I really think probably, of course, Christ, yeah. Lee, my boys, and then those ladies that cared enough to invest in me. And let me say this, they weren't worried about what I was going to say back. They just knew mm-hmm. they had to get me to that point. You know what I mean? I think we're worried about, oh, they'll say, think I'm weird or no, that's no. And you're like, you just say what you're supposed to say. You're not responsible for their response. You're responsible yeah. for your response. Yeah. And I thank God for them. Yeah. And I mean, I'm hesitant to say this because I obviously it's nowhere near on par of importance or anything like that, but it's similar to sharing the gospel. You know what I mean? Where it's like, our job is just to put out whatever good information, good news and truth there is. You're going to get back every response you can imagine. That's not your problem. Not the message. Yeah. That's not your problem. Your problem, your problem, your, your assignment is to go out and do the right thing and to spread what's true and then, and to release everything else and the rest is God's. So Um, not anywhere close to as important, but very similar. Um, one way women can honor themselves more. It's tough. Cause I want to, of course, say everyone needs to be a Christian, of course, and know Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's my first thing. But I really think is that they need to understand the importance of taking care of themselves from the inside out. Mm. And I think that's nutrition what they put in their mind, looking, yeah. eating, whatever. And then of course, working out that 
that will serve you hand over fist more than anything you could ever do besides becoming a Christian. Hello. And I think that, that it's not selfish at all. I'm a better mom, a better wife, a better everything when I take care of myself. Biblical because everything under responsibility is called stewardship. We need to be good stewards of all of that. Yep. And even the, the greatest commandment of loving God and then loving others as you love yourself. We always skip that little as you love yourself piece. And that is what it hinges on, isn't it? You receive God's love, you fill yourself up with it, then you give it out. And then it's sincere. And then it's kind of got this buffer around it where you're not hoping that they like you or hoping that you're good enough or whatever. So much better. Okay. Anything else you want the listeners to think about or know? Um, what, one thing that just came to my mind and when stuff like this come, comes to my mind, I'm like, I feel like that, that like, uh, yeah, pressure or um, what's oh, what does Stanley say? By the way, one of my favorite podcasts is called "It's Your Move" by Andy Stanley, mm. Charles Stanley's son. Yeah, so hysterical. Oh, but he calls it a tension, like a little tension. Like, oh, should I say it? So, Go for it. one of the things I learned in personal development is we are a product of our choices. Mm. So whether we lack where we are right now, whether we are great financially, not great financially, whether our our you know, relationship with Christ is great or not relationship with our husband, our kids, our bodies, our minds, our house. Mm -hmm. We are a product of our choices and that goes both ways, positively and negatively. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to take responsibility for that because that really is what I think changes our daily choices. And when we realize I'm a product of my choice, if I'm overweight, well, why I'm overweight? Well, I'm a product of my choice. I am I've saved up, you know, the money I wanted to. How is that? I was a product of my choices and every little choice matters. Positive. Yeah, it's so good. and so true. And it's one of those, it reminds me of that saying, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off, right? Where <laughs> the first time you recognize that you're like, there's an anger and you know, but it's, and I think people love to push off on God's providence, which of course is also a major factor, but there's free will. I mean, we have the ability to shape our lives based on what we decide to do with them. So there's just, once we're able to swallow that and get over our little temper tantrums about it, we can do some really cool things. Seriously. Okay, last thing, and then I want to see where we can connect with you more, your advice for life in one sentence. <laughs> go, Mindy, go. <laughs> well, I think whatever we do and we decide to do, we want to work really hard at should have a back purpose. Mm. Our why for doing this fitness business is to reach anyone and everyone we can through fitness for God's glory. And it changes everything. I had a lady message me one time, which by the way, people misinterpret things. And uh, she messaged me and said, I think it's wrong that you use Jesus to get people in your fitness business. (laughs) I wrote her back and I said, I'm so sorry, but you've got it twisted. I use my fitness business business to talk to people about Jesus. Awesome. And, but it, but it is true because ultimately every conversation with any female that's having a hard time, I go there. I mean, and yeah. they can be responsive or not, but by the time we have a relationship, it's open enough where I can share that with them. Yeah. But it's like that thing can't be the thing. The main thing is actually this thing that I use to get people to the main thing. Totally. And I believe just who we are, that that's, a great avenue to not only grow your territory, grow your business, um, but make it ultimately be to reach them for God's glory. In Matthew 28, it says, you know, go make disciples of all nations. But if you watched how the disciples did that, they did all kinds of stuff. They did all these like healing things and these miracles. And that wasn't just to heal that person. It was to get them to believe in Christ. It was to get them to believe in this power and this holy power, you know, and like, I, I mean, there was all kinds of stuff that they did, almost like they did a sideshow to get people into the, into the movie, you know? Yep. 
we, I think we always have to have that in the back. And it just allows you so much more opportunity to reach people through what it is you're doing. And, and God will also help bring people to you. Yeah, absolutely. And he's the one who controls whether their hearts are open or not. I mean, even with the stuff that I do, you know, I teach on sex and some of these things where you're like, what on earth? But at the back of it is all evangelism, quite frankly. Everything is taking a woman who's a Christian, but she just doubts God loves her because these things in her life aren't going well and healing that. Or finding someone who's totally lost, has no sense of what direction to go in and using this problem that they're experiencing as a way to lead them to what they actually need. So I love that you said that. That's beautiful. The big why behind it all. So Mindy, you're amazing. How can women connect with you? Tell us where to find your podcast, your website, your team. Yes, I would love to connect with you anyway. So I'm, I'm Mindy at MindyLawhorn.com. It's my name. You can find me on Instagram, same name, Facebook, same name. My podcast is Hope in Struggle, H-O-P-E-I-N, Struggle. You Also, you can find us at HopeInStruggle.com. We've got, you know, podcast. We've got videos. I've got a blog post for both fitness and, you know, Jesus stuff. And you can find me on any of that. I'd love to connect with you and talk with you more. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. And I know I'll be chatting with you soon, but ladies go check her out. I mean, obviously so much joy, so much exuberance, but such this just powerhouse heart to help people for all the right reasons and in the most important ways. So thank you so much, Mindy. Thank you, Jackie. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Today's episode is brought to you by The Bombshell Manifesto. The Bombshell Manifesto is a two-time number one best-selling book, and it's where I really teach the philosophy of the biblical bombshell. After spending years in ministry and now more years running my life coaching business, I see so many young women and even women well into their lives just floundering and kind of flopping around in some of the essential areas of God-created femininity, such as their relationship with God, their relationship with their bodies, their relationship with men, with sex, with beauty, with their finances. And I just don't think we have time for that. I think that we are called to do such big things for God while we're here. We've got to get these areas under control, locked on, so we can move forward toward our exciting assignments and massive callings in life. So in this book, I really give you the behind the scenes of my personal journey, struggling with what God was calling me to be as a woman going back and forth around the over-sexualized ideas of femininity or the completely asexual versions we often see in the church where we're not supposed to talk about that tough stuff. I lead you through the research and the history around the concept of a bombshell, a few personal visions and ideas I have around it, and then the scripture that God puts in front of us as how he wants us to understand the important role we play as women. Do you know that a woman was the way that the Savior came into the world and was the first evangelist of his resurrection and then ascension. This is a big deal, ladies. So hop over to bombshellmanifesto.com. Now you can find this book on Amazon, but if you go through bombshellmanifesto.com, I've got a couple extra fun free bonuses and ways that you can actually get free trainings and audios that take this whole concept deeper. We walk through the 12 pillars of a biblical bombshell addressing tough areas of life like opening to vulnerability and intimacy, understanding beauty and God's calling for it, getting deeper into our confidence and our security, committing to a relationship with God that blows our minds and more. What I see so much from women and hear from them, and quite frankly, I hear it from men who are looking for a woman 
to marry or they want their wife to come alive in the way they know that she can is that there's some kind of tapped in femininity that is out there that is possible but that's incredibly difficult to find. Women long to be it, men long to find it, and this is the calling that we have as women. This is what we're able and even asked to step into, required, I would say, to step into, to live out everything God has for us. But I see so many women who are stuck in mediocrity and are told that that kind of complacency is contentment and that's where they should stay and they should just be happy with it and, you know, that's life. I don't think that's what God's asking. I don't think that's what we're here to do. And I don't think we have any more time to waste. So join me over at bombshellmanifesto.com. Let's light this thing on fire. Let's get out into the world and do what we're supposed to do. Do what we can do. Be fully who God has called us to be. The bottom line is this. The entire world is obsessed with women, and they should be. That's the way it's designed. We are the ones who continue life, who continue the human race. We are always going to be attracting people's attention. We are always going to be shaping human beings, shaping culture, and pointing people towards something. The question is, what are we pointing them toward? Have we completely released and activated every area of our God-designed femininity to do those things well? I hope you'll join me. I think there's no more important calling on this earth as a woman than to live out her full God-given design and to use it to point people to Him. So let's get this thing started. Let's set ourselves free. Let's set our families free. And let's light the world ablaze with the truth that is only in the gospel. I'll see you at bombshellmanifesto.com.